I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of Final Countdown here on VEASAN, VEASAN.com. Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel, also known as Viper in the Warthog here on a Friday. Yes, it's a road show. As you can tell, I'm not in my backyard in Vegas. I am in Baton Rouge here down here for the LSU-Alabama game tomorrow. Festivities will start here oh, in about 65 minutes. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll get things going pretty shortly. But uh, John, I, I question? do. Yes, yes. So yes, I have been told a lot that like, so I talked to somebody, for example, right, uh, that told me they were like, hey, you know, if this was because the, they didn't remember what the time of the game was. So they were like, you know, if this was a night game in Death Valley, you know, I, I'd look at LSU. And I was like, well, well, it is a night game in Death Valley. He's like, oh, I think LSU is going to be pretty live here. And my thought is, because there's a lot of people who think the night atmosphere makes a difference. Yes. I would say it doesn't. But the, the response has always been, well, you get all day to drink. I'll ask you. Wouldn't you start drinking then like at one o'clock in the morning if it was like an earlier start time? I think the drinking would always be at peak. It, 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 it is. It's just one of those things where you are certain for about 90% capacity of the stadium to all have been drinking all day long for the night right, games. Yeah. Whereas like only about 40 to 50% of the stadium has been drinking since like, you know, two o'clock in the morning for like a nine o'clock kickoff or something. So really it's just more about, you know, you're getting everyone with the same common goal of stumbling into the stadium together. It's right, like basically it. more what it is. Will you, yeah. will you have the L, the S or the U on your naked chest when you're in the stands? You know what? Never worn a Jersey <laughs> in my whole life and never painted my face or my body or any kind of anything like that. I don't know why I just, I'm not Jersey guy. I'm not body paint guy. You've got, never, you've I've got a body done. for a body paint. You could do it. You could I'm, pull it off. I'm, you know what? I'm going to make, let, let's see how, like I said, 65 minutes from now, we'll see how things get going. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you guys get a text a little bit later. Uh, Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Green Bay Packers are three and a half point road favorites over the Detroit Lions. 49 and a half is our total. And, John, listen, man, I am, I understand the Lions defense can't stop anybody. I get it. They are bad. And by every single metric that we look at, they're bad. But are we, are, are, are we really saying that the Packers, are the offense that is going to exploit how bad this defense is? Like, are the Packers really favored by three and a half over anybody on the road at this point? I mean, I, again, I'll full disclosure. I don't have a lion's ticket in my account or anything, but I have looked at this several times and wondered why won't I put this in my account? Because this Packers team has really inspired no confidence in me at all. 
No, you're right, and I, I, I totally understand it. And I think this is kind of the question you ask, right, which is in, in the, the give and take of offense versus defense, does the bad defense bring up the floor on the bad offense, right? right. Because and, and I my argument, uh, it was especially where the, the difference would be, it's Aaron Rodgers. And while Aaron Rodgers has not played well, Matt, I think he is still a good quarterback, and a mm-hmm. good quarterback, I think, would still be able to take advantage of a bad defense and not even just a bad defense – the worst defense by some metrics in the NFL in the Detroit Lions. And on top of that, we get that matchup. The other side, which I think is going to be really interesting, is this Lions offense completely disappeared in the second half of that game against Miami after looking unstoppable on its first two drives. And, I mean, do we give the Packers some credit for looking not dead on Sunday night football against the Buffalo bills and staying within that number and showing some sort of life. Like I, I wonder, like just when you look at this, I think when you, when you attack it, like I've been waiting kind of for the opportunity to come in and try it with the green Bay Packers. And, and when I see a number like three and a half against the worst defense in the national football league and a quarterback that I still believe has some sort of level of play in him that he can take advantage of said unit. I think this is the spot where I, well, I don't think I know, I know this is the spot where I'm going to go in and do it because I did it. There you go. I mean, and as you mentioned, it's not just it's not just our opinion that the Lions defense is terrible. It's very rare that you just get every single right. advanced metric to agree, but it's 32nd DVOA, 32nd pass defense DVOA, 30th rush defense DVOA. Pro Football Focus has them 32nd, 32nd pass defense, 27th when it comes to rush. If you go to their success rate, Overall defensive success rate, 31st, pass 31st, rush 27th, defensive EPA 32nd, yards per play 32nd, yards per pass 32nd. I mean, it's really and truly every single advanced metric lines up and you just, you don't really ever see that, but it is, it is aligned here saying that this is not just a bad defense It is quite literally the worst defense in the NFL. Yep. And you still, and look, and like the Packers, they've struggled and not looked good. But there's mm-hmm. still, like, things there, right? Like, Aaron Jones is still there, and he can still right. be an effective running back. Uh, you know, Dylan is still there. And I, I think we saw, like, in, in, it's the Chicago Bears, but the Bears, I think, are are a team that have rated similarly to the Lions. Like, that game was only week – it was week two. It's like an eternity ago. But there were flashes of that offense there. They operated at a relatively high level. They covered as a big favorite. The Packers did. Like, there's still some things here. Romeo Dubs has looked a little bit more comfortable yeah. in the offense. I, I think that, like, like I said, like, for me, Matt, I've been looking for the opportunity and I'm willing to kind of like, I feel like I feel easier wading into the waters against the yep. lions and laying three and a half. than I did last week in taking 10 and a half against the Buffalo bills, right? Like that's where I'm kind of at with this. And, and, and look, you know, I'm, I was the first guy to come in the, the studio and say that, you know, it was super fun to watch hard knocks and it was super cool. You know, I thought that it was, you know, Dan Campbell and his, you know, the way that he, he and the players get along and all that, but like, you know, just because you're a good guy and an awesome guy and a fun guy doesn't mean you're a good football coach. I'm a fun guy. I'm an awesome guy. I'm not a good football coach. I know this. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's, I I think we look at Dan Campbell too and and realize that, look, this team's just not well coached and he probably put together a coaching staff full of guys that are like him. Nice guys, cool guys, fun guys to be around. Probably not the greatest football coaches. And I think this is starting to kind of come to fruition. And then, you know, Hawkinson now out of town. So one less weapon there for Jared Goff, who has looked much more like Jared Goff of late than he did at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, like I said, I, I, I look at this and it was like, you know, do the Packers really deserve to be three and a half point favorites over anybody on the road? And I think if there is any team in the NFL that that's the case, it's probably this Detroit Lions team. Yes. Uh, can I just say, by the way, Hard Knocks yeah. lost me in the first like minute when, when he was making the speech about being in the water and like pulling things in. But I didn't understand <laughs> if like he was in the water or if they were out of the water and going in was positive <laughs> and or negative. Uh, I, I was like, man, this guy, I don't really get it. And uh, sure enough, I think uh, we have seen the translation out there on the field. You can talk about fighting all you yes. want. You still stick. Indianapolis Colts, New England Patriots. The Patriots are six-point favorites here over the Colts. Forty and a half is your total. Jonathan Taylor is a no-go for this Indianapolis Colts team, and I actually think that that's significant, John. I mean, I know mm-hmm. we live in the running backs don't matter era, but I think when you're looking at this Colts team, probably Jonathan Taylor Taylor matters, and certainly when you're lining up Sam Ellinger under quarterback, that probably matters a little bit more. I think we saw last week that you know, maybe he isn't quite ready for prime time. I'm not saying that he can't play in the NFL. I just think that, you know, probably needs a few games to kind of get going. And I don't think that, 
maybe he's necessarily ready. Belichick typically with these younger quarterbacks has a ton of success against them, especially at home. So what do you think here as we sit at six? Uh, I would agree with everything you're talking about. And, and here's the thing. You can go positive with Indianapolis from last week. They had two turnovers that were in Washington territory, the 25-yard line. I think it was like the 14-yard line, something like that. And they were fumbles. Fumbles tend to be kind of random. You lose both of them. Hey, man, that's not going to happen very often against you. But here's the thing. The thing that really disappointed me last week with Indianapolis, Matt, was the fact that if you look at the numbers for Sam Ellinger, it's not the passing yards that stick out to me. It is the number of two. Uh, actually, let's go three, which is his rushing attempts. Three yep. of them were scrambles, and there was not really any designed runs for him. And that's the kind of the thing that I was hoping for for Indianapolis. A little bit more of like run pass option and allowing him to get out there. Designed runs for him as well. Yeah. Like a just more exotic offense than, hey, let's take Sam Ellinger and then run the same offense we were with Matt Ryan. That just doesn't really make sense to me. And now with Taylor out, to your point, against the Patriots team that, to give them some credit, and I wrote about this in the uh, the Pro Football Guide at the beginning of the year, their season, which was I thought defensively they were going to be a poor team. And they're not like an overly dominant defensive team, but they're still a top seven team, I think, in EPA right now at this point. They might even be higher. Like, they deserve some respect with the way that they have been playing on that, that, on that side. I, I, like, everything, I would understand the line movement here. It's now up to six. I get everything at this point, especially when in the first game, where that was the time where you were supposed to show some exotic nature to your offense now that there's an athletic, big-arm dude in there, and you just run the same anemic yeah. stuff, it's a problem. Yeah, that, that was that was my takeaway as well, and that's the reason why it's just impossible for me, even with this number swelling up to six, to back them, because I expected, you know, not, not Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, but Jalen Hurts light, Justin Fields light, you know, like yep. something along those lines where you take advantage of the guy's athleticism. And as you mentioned, I mean, our whole thing when we kind of talked about this this game last week was the reason we were excited at least a little bit from a Colts aspect was, hey, they're not going to run the same old offense because they do have this guy that can be mobile and do different things. And they chose not to utilize that. And I don't know if that's going to change here in a week either, which makes it, you know, as, even though this number is kind of feels a little bloated all the way up at six because I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy either, but I can't, I, I can't pull the trigger if they're just going to run the same deal. Yep, and I think that's why, too, you've seen, I think this total's what now? Like, it's pretty low at this point. Uh, we're 40 looking, and a half. Yeah, 40 and a half, and, and it opened up 41. It's the Mac Jones aspect. These are two relatively solid front sevens as well in terms of the way they, they play the run. It just looks like an ugly game overall. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 17-10 type of game, maybe even lower scoring than that, and it's just sloppy all over the place, and it's not one worth – to me, it's not one worth betting on because I don't have a read on either team, and the Colts showed me nothing that has uh, some positivity going for them after a quarterback change. Yeah, I um, after we get done with Thursday night football, what what is your feeling on Jalen Hurts just in general from a uh, you know an MVP standpoint, an offensive player of the year standpoint? Is he just going to get left out in the cold this this year, despite putting up really really good numbers and being on one of the better teams in the NFL? I think it's probably offensive player of the year, right? If Josh Allen yeah. and the Buffalo Bills are going to continue to do this, he's just going to win it by default. So I would say that you have to give him offensive player of the year because there's also – there's not really a dominant running back at this point right now, which generally is offensive player of the year, a wide receiver. I right. would say that Hurts isn't left out of the cold. He's left out in the cold in the MVP race if everything continues. I think he's your offensive player of the year, though. We're going to talk the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. This is one of those massive spreads we were talking about, 11, 11 and a half. We'll get to the Vikings and Commanders. I do have a bet in the account in that game, and then we'll see. Raiders and Jaguars, kind of the disappointment bowl going in. We'll see if there's any bets to be made in that one. When we come back here on Final Countdown. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. Sign up to bet the Breeders' Cup with Horse Racing's number one app, First Bet, and get a $10 free bet plus 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. Use promo code HORSE200 to claim your offer. That's <laughs> HORSE200. Breeders' Cup picks and insights on vsin.com are brought to you by First Bet. Go to vsin.com slash horses for details, including how to get their free Breeders' Cup wager guide. That's vsin.com slash horses. And, of course, another reason to become a vsin pro subscriber as we put out guides for all of the big horse racing events as well so be sure and do that just 99 dollars for a mid-season offer here buffalo bills and the new york jets 11 11 and a half are the bills on the road 45 and a half to 46 is your total john i mean this is this you know i asked pritch about this earlier and this is where i i know for sure i have a leak in my handicapping when it comes to these big spreads for these teams that I feel that are are dominant teams and I always start to look too far in advance maybe I'm sitting here going look the Bills want to be the number one seed they know they can't lose their quarterback they can't lose Steph Diggs how often you know how soon are these guys standing on the sideline in the fourth quarter and yada 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 and I think sometimes I just overanalyze these type of games a little bit too much what do you one what is your overall kind of way of going about these games and then what do you think about the bills here at 11 11 and a half i so i tend to think that and maybe i'm like too far on the opposite side of the spectrum from you matt which is that we always kind of see it right like what are the questions generally when you think about it when you go back to some of these blowouts it's always why is he still in there i think in the national football league we tend to see these teams play this almost all the way through like unless we're talking about 30 point game with four and a half minutes left to go. And it's probably your like your penultimate uh, possession or maybe your last one. Then you start to see some backups take over. And even then, I mean, these rosters only go so deep. Like when you're when you start to put some guys out there. So like, I I tend to think like, uh, like if you're going to look at a big favorite, I wouldn't be scared of them taking the foot off the proverbial gas unless we are in week 18 and they have nothing left to play for or something, something Mm -hmm. of that nature. Uh, So I'm kind of a, when it comes to that mindset. And I think the other part of this too is, the gap here, by the time you get to the point where they might take the foot off the gas and start to rest guys or whatever it is, might be too wide that your your minus 12 might just be perfectly right. fine because uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets have shown their warts and they have not really looked incredible offensively. And I am, I think, in a matchup like this, going to think that three turnovers and, you know, a poor performance, you might not be able to stay within about five points like you did with the New England Patriots last week. Yeah, we're sitting here only Taylor Heineke with a higher turnover worthy play percentage than Zach Wilson. And I think whenever we we, you know, look, we kind of knew what we were getting with Zach Wilson. And and you and I talked about it. I mean, you know, there were some fortunate kind of scheduling quirks and spots and different things that they were getting with some quarterbacks and some backups and people getting injured and all that. And, and, And it's a fine story. And actually, and I've said this multiple times and I I'm 
honestly truly believe this. I think the Jets are probably heading in the right direction mm-hmm. from a franchise standpoint. I just don't know if Zach Wilson is the dude. I don't know if he's the guy. And, you know, he is, as you mentioned, just really shown it here. The fourth lowest passer rating in all of football, according to pro football focus. And so you look at this Bills team and it's, I'm not going to say it's name your score because there is at least a pulse on that, on that Jets defense, but you know, they're going to score more times than they're not. And I guess the question becomes is what's a realistic point outcome for this Jets team, because that's kind of how I, you almost have to reverse engineer this, because mm-hmm. if you think the Bills are going to probably score 30, which, you know, they're probably going to score 30, is it is it likely that the Jets score 18 points in this game? Like, I don't know. I mean, I would probably lean towards no. No, I, I'm with you. And look, this is a, a Buffalo Bills team that is so good at generating pressure without sending extra guys. Like, that's the other part of this equation, too. I mean, just look at against the New England Patriots last week under pressure. He was under pressure, Zach Wilson was, 18 times. He completed four of 16 passes, committed all three of his turnover-worthy plays when he was under pressure, had a passing grade of 27.4. Like, he was really bad. And he's going to be under pressure here against the Buffalo Bills. I'm just, when you're looking at the offensive success for New York, I, I would say, if you're talking about the point total you're speaking on, that's like a near perfect day for the New York Jets here against this Buffalo Bills defense. And I don't mean to make the Bills this like really big juggernaut, but it just goes back to the most important position, which I don't think Zach Wilson is a very good quarterback. And I think against this team, I feel like it's his worst nightmare where it's a team that can just send four, drop everybody back and either confuse him or just make him beat him. And it's just not going to be the case. Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Commanders. And this was the first bet that I put in my account this week. Vikings at three. It's now a juicy three. Uh, might be heading to three and a half, uh, 43 and a half is the total in this one. John, look, I understand whether you want to believe in this Vikings team long-term or not. I know there's a lot of people out there who say, ah, you know, this team isn't really built. If you kind of look at how they're doing things they're you know, they're not as incredibly efficient in any certain way and yada, yada, yada. But I mean, look, they keep winning games. They keep winning games. They keep covering spreads. And I do wonder what this spread would look like, what would this be if the commanders didn't have that miracle comeback mm-hmm. last week? And, you know, wouldn't we be on the other side of three here? I mean, look, the Colts closed as two, two and a half point favorites over this commander's team last week with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. And now the Vikings are just three point favorites over the same Washington commander's team. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't think you have to buy in on the Vikings long-term or, or love what this Vikings team is all about to think that they're three points better than the Washington commanders. I mean, that's just my opinion here. It's one of the, my favorite bets of the week. It's probably the favorite bet in my account. And I think everybody else wants to play Washington this week. Uh, So I'm, I'm ready. I think this is it. I'm ready to just fully support Minnesota. I've been waiting for this team for a really long time. Uh, last year, I got burned. I think I had them about 50-1 to 1 to win the NFC. Uh, I loved everything that they brought to the table, and ultimately they flamed out. But here's the thing we're not thinking about, Matt. Taylor Heineke's just a winner. It doesn't matter that his PFF <laughs> passing grade is 40 or the fact that he has committed seven turnover-worthy plays in his two games that he has played to this point. People, I think, just look at the end result and go, oh, they just played better with Taylor Heineke. When in reality, they played Green Bay and Indianapolis. And at the beginning of the season, you would say, those are incredible wins. At this point, they aren't. So yes. I'm, like, I'm, I'm with you. I think the market is a little skewed on results as opposed to what we've actually seen. Heineke puts the ball in danger at a wild rate. He might do it again, I would assume, here against the Minnesota Vikings. And I think this Vikings team, like you said, they are starting to get a little bit more comfortable. I mean, we talked about the Raiders needing time. I don't even think the Raiders, the, the Vikings needed time, but they were breaking in a new system at the beginning of the year. It's becoming slightly more efficient. I, I like this team. Now, they will do little things. Like, I feel like the gap should have been a little bit wider against Arizona. She yeah. doesn't have had to sweat out a final drive from the Cardinals last week. But I still think this Vikings team is kind of on this path right now where I don't know how good they are, like you said, in the grand scheme of things. But would you really be surprised if they're in competition with Philadelphia, who is their only loss, by the way, for a top seed in the NFC? Because I just think they can kind of get some of these wins. I wouldn't be. And I think they're on the verge of just kind of this run that they're on right now. Yeah, I mean, you you look at this offense. And, I mean, I don't know why people want to really trash this this offense. I mean, yeah, they don't do every, anything super exceptionally Great, but I mean, they're in the top 10 in pretty much every rushing metric. They're in the upper half in most of the passing metrics out there. I mean, if you look at quarter pro football focus, it's the 10th best pass unit that there is. And again, we don't think Hawkinson is going to make much of a difference here in week one, 
But if anything, that gives you hope that this could trend even more in the right direction to give a actually true solid number three option there Mm -hmm. for Kirk Cousins and, you know, kind of fill some of that role that Adam Thielen used to fill, but he's not quite that dude anymore. And I think Hawkinson can certainly uh, thrive in this type of offense where he, you know, doesn't have, isn't going to be the focus and doesn't have to be the focus. And I think that's probably a a good thing for a guy of his skill set. So I don't know, man. I, I I know everyone wants to back Washington this week. I'm going to continue to bet bet the Vikings and hopefully just continue to cash tickets on this Vikings team because I think that they're, like you said, they don't win sexy. They win kind of ugly, and I think people don't like that. Well, oh, well, I, I don't care. I, I will say uh, next week on the road against Buffalo might be a small wake-up check, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure. And we don't have to bet them that week, right? right yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, Raiders and the Jags right now. The Raiders are two, two and a half point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road here. 47 and a half to 48 is your total. John, you, when we were talking to Pritch a little bit earlier, you brought up just this Raiders squad and, and how disappointing they have been. I, I kind of labeled this the disappointment bowl for me because I had fairly high hopes for the Jags and certainly didn't think the Raiders were going to be this version of the Raiders. And so I think these two teams right up there with the Colts, as far as teams that have disappointed at the highest rate so far here in, in the short season, what do you, what do you think people are seeing to make the Raiders a road favorite? I don't know because this is now the second consecutive week. Remember they were actually road favorites against the Titans. They lost that game outright as well. They were only catching three, three and a half against the chargers. I, I, I honestly don't really get it, Matt. I, the, the market has had this odd respect for them against these opponents that they are similarly rated to. And this this defense consistently slipping down the standings when it comes to any single metric, whether it's EPA, whether it's EVOA, any of these numbers, they have consistently been a very poor defense. I think the Jags are a pretty live teaser leg. I, I think that the Jags are relatively live from a side standpoint. I get they're not playing well. But this is just a play against a market perception I think has clearly been wrong about this Raiders team. I'm ready to play against them here, I think, in this spot, too. And by the way, Darren Wall is questionable again, so we'll see, but limited in practice today. Seahawks and Cardinals, Rams and Bucks. We'll also get John's thoughts on any of the college football games this weekend. Of course, two big, big games in the SEC that could go a long way in deciding who ends up ultimately playing for it all when we make it to the Final Four at the end of the season. See what we think. On the other side here, final countdown coming back. This is VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only 99 American dollars. Get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get your $99 mid-season special today. That is VSIN.com slash subscribe. And for our friends up north, 133.51. What a deal. This thing has gone down a full toonie since yesterday. American dollar is so weak right now, John. This thing was a buck 36 yesterday. We are a full toonie and a half cheaper for our friends up north. Sorry, Matt, but the only time that I hear America and week in the same sentence is if there's only is not in between those two (laughs) words, my friend. Very good. Very well. I I, I like that. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals, and the Arizona Cardinals find themselves as two-point home favorites over the Seattle Seahawks team. 49 is the prevailing total rest of country. There's one one rogue 48.5 out there if you do want to take the over for a couple of extra pennies. So, look, DeAndre Hopkins back for the Cardinals, and that is certainly an upgrade, John. I'm not taking that away from this Cardinals team whatsoever, and he should be getting the amount of targets he's getting. He should be getting the peppered as much as he is. I almost feel like if you just want to bet the Cardinals these days, just bet DeAndre Hopkins props because if he doesn't have a good day, they're not going to have a good. They're not going to have a good day. So you might as well just. Have a, give yourself an extra out because, uh, you know, maybe he has a good day and they still lose and don't cover. The Seahawks, on the other hand, the surprise team in the NFL, for sure, I'll admit, I've already taken the L on this team where I bet the alt under, and uh, they have already exceeded all of that and going to continue to exceed expectations. Geno Smith still playing pretty well, but I think the real thing that stood out to me is if you, you, you dig deep down, and that's almost why I wonder if this total is a little bit too high at 49, 
We are going off of full season stats a lot of times. And yes, through the first four weeks, this Seattle Seahawks defense was absolutely atrocious. They were super, super bad, giving up tons and tons of yards and points and explosive plays and all of that. Then you weirdly go and look from weeks five to eight, and you find out that this Seattle Seahawks defense is actually sixth in the NFL in EPA per play given up on the defensive side of the ball. And so you see that the last month they have really, really turned it on on the defensive side of the ball. So credit where credit's due. Again, Pete Carroll has typically put together a, a bunch of good defenses. And I, maybe it just took him a little while to coach this defense up or something. I don't think this is noise. I actually think that there is some real improvement here on the defensive side. And so my question to you is, is why are they underdogs to this Cardinals team? Um, so I, I would agree too. And you look at some of the numbers and this is just one site, but like, for example, uh, the, the stretch that you're talking about week five through eight, uh, PFF defensive grades for this team. It's actually kind of gotten better each week, but 64.5 against the Saints, 73.2, 80.2 against the Chargers where it peaks in 74.3. They've gotten to the very least adequate. And so I think that maybe plays into uh, this market's perception when it comes to the total and maybe why they're not favored here on the road because I kind of agree with you. My initial thought was when I first looked at this, Matt, was, okay, hold on. You know, Cardinals a couple weeks back, they were road favorites. The Seahawks win that game. Maybe there's some sort of an adjustment here, uh, but this is definitely a, a different number than what we would have seen had they had played again the next week, right, where the Cardinals were favored mm -hmm. uh, on the road. But I think the adjustment is apt, and maybe it's not enough. Like, I think maybe this should probably be like a pick uh, between these two. The Cardinals still have not really looked great defensively in their own right. They, like, they have not shown really much improvement. They've shown some, but not a lot especially when it comes to that secondary. I think there's still weapons here for Gino to go into a more favorable environment for an offense and still operate at a pretty high level. I, I haven't thrown, I haven't bet the Seahawks, but I haven't thrown away using them in a contest or something like that because I'm just pretty down on Arizona. I've looked to play against them somewhat consistently, and I might do it again here. I mean, I bet against them with Seattle when they were at home catching points, and I think this might be another one where I feel like it's a good situation for Seattle and a good matchup for Seattle. Yeah, I, I bet him on the money line, man. I just I took the plus 114. I bet him on the money line, and, and it's because I am buying in on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think all of us at this point can't really argue the offense anymore, right? I mean, right. Geno's just played efficiently, and he's got good receivers, and they run the ball really well. And so I don't think you can make a compelling case against the offense anymore. Now, if you wanted to sit down and we could debate the defense all you want to, but as you just mentioned, and then, you know, again, these advanced statistics kind of bear out, over the last month, they have – really, really increased how well they play on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, so much to the point that if you look on the, it, the DVOA, they're like the 11th overall DVOA defense right now, 14th against the pass and 10th against the run. If you go to pro football focus, they have them 12th against the run over the course of the whole season and their defensive success rate over the last four weeks was fifth in the NFL. I mean, like, so we're talking about a team that is legitimately an upper half defense over the last month, and maybe even an upper third defense over the last month. And so if we buy into that and we believe that, then I don't know how we could make a compelling case for the Cardinals here, because I think you and I would both agree, certainly from an offensive standpoint, that the Seattle team is a better offense. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I would agree with that. And I think at the most, at worst, I mean, I actually, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I don't know if think I'd be able to talk myself into that, but at, yeah. at worst, are you saying these two defenses are equal? Like either way, the right. Seahawks are the better team here. And when we're talking about again, the home field and how much it's worth and whatnot, like I, I still think you're painting a case where this number is closer to pick Seattle minus one, as opposed to Cardinals minus one and a half. Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think they only put two games in the afternoon window, John, because they thought this game was going to be the game of the year so far. Still and, is. uh, yeah, it's uh, instead we're more reasons. interested in the in the other one. You know, we're we're more interested in the other afternoon game. But right now, the Bucks are three point favorites over the Rams. Forty two and a half is your total. Cooper Cup is supposed to play for the Rams. We know the Bucks seem like, at least from their injury report, that this might be the healthiest they've been since week one of the NFL season. So I get why they're favorites here. I think everything is kind of turning up for, you know, like looking up for the Bucks as much as you could say, you know, it, it, that it's looking up for the Bucks. I mean, I'm not, again, like I don't I don't love this team by any stretch of the imagination, but I, uh, I'm i going to pass on this one. I, <laughs> I think I think whenever I look at it, man, I'm like, I need to see it 
from both of these teams before I can like put my hard earned dollars towards something like this. And look, I know teasers haven't paid off at all this year, but we got a 42 and a half game where you could get the Rams up to eight and a half or nine or something like that. If somebody came and told me they wanted to play the Rams at nearly 10 point dogs in a game with a 42 and a half total, I probably wouldn't tell them that that's the craziest thing in the world. But Again, for me, it's just this was just a total pass. One of the first games I scratched off this week, actually. Uh, I agree. I, I really want to watch because I just want to see. Yes. Like it's like a car crash, Same. right? Like you kind of want to watch and see how bad this gets for the team that loses, because uh, both are, of course, kind of uh, falling, uh, free falling at this point. But this is I kind of maybe thought that Tampa Bay would be the side for me, uh, and then I don't know if you saw this report, uh, but from People Magazine, Tom Brady never wanted this divorce, so I feel oh, like boy. he's not. I don't know. I'm still waiting for this version of Tom Brady that I was told by somebody that once he was mm-hmm. free from the shackles of marriage, that he was going to become like a Phoenix rise from the ashes. And I don't know, look like, I think it was, I think the 2007 Tom Brady was invoked when we were talking about post-marriage Tom Brady. I don't know. I just haven't seen that though. I don't know. Listen, if anybody knows about Tom Brady and his mental state and where he may or may not go, it is definitely producer Steph. And she told us, right. she told us, and we're going to hold her accountable that he was going to go off in the second half of the season. Now that he is not having to go home to obviously this woman that was holding him back this whole time. But I don't know, man, I, uh, I don't have the ticket in my account quite either. I'm going to have to just, I'm going to have to see it in action. I'll put it that way. I'm gonna have to see I, I will. I will too. And by the way, this is for me too. I should be very frank. I have taken my shots like, hey, man, this is the week. This is the buy low week for the Rams. Buy low, I can't do it anymore. After they get smoked by the 49ers, they look terrible. Their offensive line's bad. The offense in general has looked really disjointed. I just can't do it anymore. So this is one where I am comfortable to watch. Premier game of the week in college football, Tennessee and Georgia. Georgia is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Tennessee. 65 is the total. John, we are over the eight-point mark for the number one ranked team, according to the college football committee. Uh, Georgia, of course, sitting three right now. Is eight-and-a-half too much? I, th- I think so in that, like, I'm not running to bet Tennessee. I'm waiting to see if I can get under a touchdown so I can bet Georgia. And, and what I mean gotcha. by that, too, is, like, in-game, you know, obviously little opportunities. Right. These games are a lot more volatile than NFL games, so you'll probably get an opportunity. But I think that this is one where I'm really interested to see what Georgia has. I think the physicality of them defensively, their ability to run the ball, I think they're going to be able to grind this out to the point where Tennessee's not going to be on the field this often, Matt. I, I, I want to back Georgia here. I just don't want to lay eight and a half. So I'll wait in game. See if the second it gets under a touchdown, if it does get there, I, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be back in the Bulldogs. By the way, if I think this is one of the first, man, oh, this is the first matchup we've ever seen. Number one versus number one, actually number one of the AP poll versus number one in the college football playoff ranking. Look at that. What do you think about 65? Do you think this is like offensive fireworks here? I mean, that that number seems a tad high to me, but maybe I'm just a little bit biased to like the defense, you know, the Georgia defense of old or something. No, I think you're right. And I, I mean, I think it's correlated, right? Like, so if, if Tennessee is going to be pretty live here, it's going to be a higher scoring game. I don't think they right. want this to be a knockdown drag out brawl because if they're not, then like if, if it's a high scoring game, they're explosive. They're getting out in the open field. They're doing all the things that they like to do. And if it's not, it's Georgia suffocating them and getting good field position. So I would say it seems a little high for me as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that you're probably looking at this as, you know, Tennessee wants to keep this as volatile as possible, right? I mean, they want a high variance game and, and Georgia yep. would probably like to keep this a little bit closer to the best. We will finish up with the last couple of games here in week nine on the other side. Come on back. Final countdown. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. All sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest odds, lines, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet and Get, and Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. Head to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game. It's the final segment. Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel, also known as Viper and the Warthog, here on a Friday. Final segment. I'm on the road down in Baton Rouge. It's about to rain. Hopefully we can get through this segment without with me keeping dry because uh, it's a coming. I can taste the air here. It is thick. Let me let me assure you. Uh, John, speaking of, the reason I'm here for this Alabama and LSU game, it is now 13 and a half in favor of Alabama. 56 and a half is your total. When you take a look at this, of course, as they do every single year, both teams coming out off of a bye. So you do have Nick Saban with an extra week to prepare for whatever Daniels brings with his legs from an LSU standpoint here. Um, one, do you think this thing continues to grow between now and kickoff and we're going to get the full two touchdowns? And two, what do you think of the spread? What do you think of this game? So I, I didn't play anything here, but I'll say this because you mentioned Jaden Daniels. And this is a lot of people, I think, when you ask like, hey, you know, what is the quarterback that's going to bother Nick Saban? Immediately the thought is, oh, these mobile guys bother Nick Saban, mm-hmm. right? And we invoke memories of like Johnny Manziel and others who, who have scored big wins over Alabama. But I think this year, like shockingly enough, Matt, I think every team is built differently. And I think yeah. weaknesses probably change from year to year. And I think the times that we have seen Alabama look its most vulnerable this year, it has been Tennessee. It has been that time against Texas uh, and is Texas A&M the game as well. And I think the difference in those three is specifically with Texas and with Tennessee, those were quarterbacks who were stretching the field. Those are not quarterbacks who are running laterally. Those were dudes who were taking shots. And then Hooker was firing the ball downfield. Quinn Ewers had a bunch of dimes that were downfield before he got hurt in that game. And Texas is probably in position to do so. And I don't know if Jaden Daniels is that guy. I think clearly if we're talking about a defensive weakness for Alabama, it is the back end of that secondary. And Jaden Daniels, if you look at it from like passing depth, things of that nature, he grades well as a deep passer, but it's not very frequent. He's only thrown 23 attempts to 20 or more yards downfield. He's only completed 10 of them. And while he hasn't, you know, committed a turnover worthy play or thrown, he's thrown five touchdowns there. I don't know if that's a consistent part of this passing attack to where you're going to see that enough that it's going to be able to take advantage of Alabama. So that, that was my thought. Like, I think I kind of get it, but I'll say this. There is like numbers will give you clues, right? You and I have talked about this. There's a reason why it hasn't gotten to 14 either and why it's just sitting here at 13. There's not Mm. a rush of uh, respected support to come in and lay 13 with Alabama. So you'll probably just see this sit there until we get to Saturday. Maybe there's enough public sentiment to get that push up to 14 and there's some buyback, but I would say it closes 13 and a half. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been pretty consistent with all this, and I think that I would be more willing to take the points with LSU if this would have been on a normal week and it wasn't where you have the bye week and the extra week for a guy like Nick Saban to prepare for a mobile quarterback. And listen, Jaden Daniels has been certainly, you know, a, a breath of fresh air for for LSU fans and things like that. But the the problem is, is if he becomes one dimensional and he has to stay in the pocket and he has to pass and they basically put a spy on him and and all of that then John, that's where things are going to go south, right? I mean, his, the, his ability to run the ball, I mean, you know, multiple hundred yard rushing games this year and things like that, that is really where he shines. And that's really what 
you know, he brings to this offense that, that makes him move up and down the field. And it, I feel like Nick Saban is the dude with the extra week that probably has something up his sleeve. And that's not saying that Daniels isn't going to have any success in this game. I think that he will find some success. I just don't know if it's enough to keep what is definitely a superior team in Alabama, you know, close, even at home, even at a night game. Right, and we always focus on that matchup of it, too. The flip side of this is it's not terrible by any stretch, but LSU does come into the 68th in the country in EPA per play against the run defensively. Alabama, Mm -hmm. I would assume, is going to try to work that area of it and then work off a play action from there with Bryce Young. I I tend to, like with everything I'm talking about here, I tend to lean a little bit toward Alabama. It's not enough to where I want to play 13 because LSU in a night game, as we have discussed many times, um, but on the the road against, by the way, that's the other aspect of this too. The road hasn't been the friendliest spot for Alabama. And you and I have discussed it before in college. Mm -hmm. Road spots do matter. And Alabama has scuffled on the road in the last few years. And we've seen it this year in which they have looked a little bit weaker on the road too. So like, again, like same thing with Georgia. I think if you're attacking this from my perspective, it's waiting in game to get a cheap price on Alabama. I would assume at night with uh, getting ready for a very hyped up game that LSU is going to come out and have a relatively solid start. And maybe after a first quarter, you can get in on something cheap at the tide. Uh, and that's the way that I would approach this, Matt. And that's what I'm going to be looking at by the time we get there. Sunday night is the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. Another one of these giant spread games that we were talking about currently sitting 12 and a half in favor of the Chiefs. 46 and a half is the total. John, we get news that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a game time decision, they're saying, for the Titans. I guess my question to you, and then we'll get into the full breakdown of the game, is how much does this change your thought on the game, if at all, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis? I think it does a little bit. I mean, Malik Willis, I think, did he drop back like 10 times, if that, yeah. uh, last week? And I think he had the comment, too, like, well, if they can't stop the run, then why would I throw it? And I, like to a certain extent, that's right, but it's also maybe they don't trust you to throw it. Uh, so I think it changes, like, the fact that you're probably going to see a little bit more of a, you know, 2022 offense from the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, like, power rating and, like, do I now circle Tennessee – Absolutely not. Yeah, I am. I'm sitting here at 12 and a half and you look at the efficiency numbers for Kansas city and I, and you know, I don't know how much Kadarius Tony is going to play in this game and what kind of, you know, what kind of impact he's going to make. But I think you and I would both agree that it's certainly not going to hurt this offense. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, Everybody had a a ton of love for coming out of college and just never really materialized there up in New York. We have certainly seen guys be able to go and have success with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes that, you know, in, in that circumstance. And I think that probably will be the same for Tony as well. I mean, Kansas City, number one overall offense, DVOA, number one pass offense, DVOA. If you go to pro football focus, they love them as well. Number two overall offense, number three pass offense, the number one offense, EPA as well. So I look at a Tennessee team that I think is a bit fraudulent, certainly from a win loss perspective. I think on the defensive side of the ball, though, they do have a little bit of something. So I, the reason I asked you about the, the Tannehill Malik Willis thing is because I do, for me, I do kind of view this differently. And I think if I knew for sure that it was going to be Malik Willis, I would be, I actually think I'd be prone to lay the 12 and a half with the chiefs. I really do because I think they're going to get behind in this game. And the we always talk about, ah, there's garbage time scores. Or, oh, there's garbage time this and they're like, I don't know how much confidence I have in Malik Willis to be able to get garbage time scores and move the ball against this, you know, again, and, and it's what would be his second start in the NFL. And everybody was said that this guy was, you know, a year away from from being ready to play. And so I'm I'm looking at a Chiefs defense too that is a little bit underrated certainly from a pressure standpoint if it's Malik Willis they're going to generate pressure they're able to do that with their front and they also blitz at the eighth highest rate in the NFL as well so I I think if we found out at some point tonight tomorrow because you know some of these things start to leak is that it might be Malik Willis I might hit this before it gets to 13 because I think the Chiefs can can do this and I'm not really worried about garbage time points yeah and I think too like from my perspective uh, I, I just want to on principle bet against the Titans because they're a five and two team with a negative six diff- point differential. <laughs> and they, they just continue to get away with murder when it comes to some of these games, but it dates back to last year, right? Like they were, they were one of the worst one seeds we've seen like, I yes. think ever. Uh, and yet they were there. So 
uh, I would, I'm very tempted to bet against this team as well, just because of everything you've put up there. They seem to be built on a house of cards, and if somebody's going to knock that down, it would be the tight. Or excuse me, it would be the Chiefs, and I think it would be regardless of who plays quarterback. We're going to run through all of our plays here in just a second, but I do want to get to our pro tip for this hour, courtesy of Viper Von Tobel. He didn't even know he was given one when he was just dishing out the gold a little bit earlier, and we were sitting there talking about, uh, you know, listen, key numbers and different things and spreads and whatnot in the NBA, and he said, hey, look, you know, we agonize in the NFL, and we do, over two and a halfs and threes and threes and three and a halfs and six and a halfs and sevens and sevens and seven and a halfs, and we do that, and it is very, very important specifically on those two numbers when it comes to the NFL. But, John, you said, hey, look, if I'm handicapping a game and it's a half point off, maybe even a point sometimes, I'm not really sweating it all that much when it comes to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, these games are insanely volatile when it comes to the scoring. Uh, The times that a half point is going to make the difference uh, between your cover and a non-cover are are few and far between. I had one the other night, uh, but that's going to be one of the very few when it comes into play as the season goes along, especially when it comes to free throws at the end of games and whatnot. So if you're out by a half point or a point, like I would say, uh, go for it, buddy, if you missed out on a little bit there. Now, if it's injury-related, that's something different. But if you're just, yeah, hey, I want to delay three and a half and it's up to four or it's up to four and a half, I wouldn't say the boat is, is, you know, sailed to the point where you can't get on. I told y'all it was coming. It's here. The rains are coming on down. Uh, Fortunately, we're here at the end. Guys, I'm on the Dolphins. I'm on the Dolphins Bears over a 44. Vikings at three. I like the Seahawks on the money line, and I do on Monday night have the Saints at four as well. John, you like the Packers, the Falcons. You like Clemson this week as well, and the Raptors and Clippers in the NBA tonight as well. John, thanks for putting up with me as I'm out here on the road. Producer Steph, you are a champion as well. Guys, stick around for all the goodness here on Visa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.